Today on the No Sitting on the Sideline Dab podcast, my interview with Christine Ivey from JustTheFace.com. We talk about the different phases kids go through in their development. You'd be surprised. It's very interesting. Also, never underestimate your children because they may surprise you. Next on the podcast, let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, my name is Joe and I want to, I'm a dad and I really want to say thank you for being here. I know as a dad and a parent, crazy busy daughter times limited. So I appreciate you being here. Thank you for listening. And if it's your first time, welcome. This is a podcast about having a conversation what it means to be a dad. I'm a crazy busy adult. Initial topics related to being a dad and a parent. Let's get involved. No more sitting on the sideline. This will be a weekly podcast dedicated to the community. What I mean is, I want to talk to you. You can reach out to me. You know, you can find me on social media or through email. My email, Clown Automation, no sitting on the sideline dot com slash contact you know it's funny just wrapping up christmas here when i'm recording christmas night and this is the first night on christmas about my son so you figured i have a lot of time to do this but i'm actually this late <laughs> but it's um but i you appreciate the time time with your family time with your friends and enjoy the holiday i mean we're all going through similar issues like you know we have issues with divorce or um, digital parenting or sugar addiction or mindfulness, you know, the topics and discussions that means to be a parent, you know, I, I'm on a journey just like you. I'm not an expert. I really, I'm just like you trying to figure this out one day time in this crazy world. Also to have a moment, I mean, if you have a second, you want to head on over to, um, Apple, Apple podcast app and subscribe to the podcast. Also, you'll find the link in the show notes, leave a message or a you know, rate the review of the show if you'd like. Uh, anything's, you know, I'd like to hear what you think. Please be, please be kind. <laughs> Next up, my interview with Chrissy and I from justaphase.com, co-author of the book, Plain Keeps, including creating a lean, small culture in just a phase in zero to one. In today's time, we'll talk about everything like never underestimate you kids. Also, different resources the different phases of child development. You'd be surprised. Like I, I, I'm fascinated with my son's development. He's four, but it's from you know he's born to now. It's just it's amazing to watch his vocabulary and and um his just everything. It's awesome. It's an awesome experience as a parent. Also, we we're talking about what's a good time to start your kids with chores. That's a very interesting topic too because when do you start them with chores? Also, something that said during really stood out to me in this interview, and um, it goes like this: Every phase of your kid's life is an opportunity to preach them, appreciate them, and to guide them. So true. So let's jump right into the interview. Today on the podcast, my guest, Kristen Ivy. Kristen is the director of the messaging at the Orange, director of the Phase Project, and co-author of Playing for Keeps: Creating a Lead Small Culture in Just the Phase. 
So don't miss it. <laughs> I, I have no story to tell that. But she's her husband, Matt, are currently parenting the three amazing children through the, the phases. Kristen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I, I, I like the part in the intro. I said, so don't miss it. I mean, I, I have four roads, so I don't want to miss anything because I'm like, oh, he did that. He did that. Oh, <laughs> he's doing that. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. So I, the phases, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm looking forward to the future, actually. Starting off, I guess, um, I like, you know, you're a parent yourself and stuff like that. And, and it's Halloween. So you have three kids. So what Yes. Is, I like a fun question. What is a tradition that you and your three kids and your husband do for Halloween? Anything fun? Yeah, actually, that's a great one. My family, we love Halloween. And so I don't even know how this got started. It's this place that we work. Um, we always kind of like to do something for the community around Halloween. And so we set up all of our cars in the parking lot. We do this trunk or treat. And there's a big competition to see who can have the, you know, the coolest trunk that goes along with the costumes. And so I guess we started when the kids were young enough that they still think it's cool which is really awesome. I think if we had started a little later, they might be over it by now, but they are, um, so we, we work all year long. They plan their theme. So there'll be big debates in our house for months about, no, we're going to do this and no, we're going to do that. And then I'll ask them to play it out. I think the last debate they came up with, they wanted to all be the Hogwarts ghosts. <laughs> so, so they named a ghost for everybody in our family. We're not doing that. We're actually uh, going to be Peter Pan this year. And so we'll have, we have three kids. My oldest is eight. The middle is six and the youngest is two. And so we'll get all into it and make it as fun of a Peter Pan theme as we can. I know my son right now, but hit Halloween, we're getting, um, Transformers, so Bumblebee, but he's between Bumblebee and um, Power Rangers. I mean, it, it, ch- nice. it changes like that. It changes right. real quickly. Right. I shouldn't have snapped with the microphone <laughs> there. But. Yes, it can. Um, tell me yeah, it can. Let me look a little about yourself. I know I'm kind of curious. What is the messenger messaging at the director of messaging at Orange? What is that? So we are a nonprofit organization, and we are invested in helping kids and teenagers have a better future. And so we do that by creating resources and curriculum that go out to leaders all around the country and internationally. We have uh, really almost a million kids, I think, engage with us every week through our resources. And so uh, we're just a team of creatives, volunteer. I mean, we have writers, directors, actors, musicians, and all kind of working together to help create resources for kids and teenagers. I oversee the words of our organization. So when it says messaging, um, that means that I get to work with our creative teams to develop the content, keep some synergy between it, make sure it's strategic, um, and those kinds of things. What kind of content do you create? Like, Can you give an example? Or um, Yeah, so activities um, and like uh, large group teaching, small group activities, uh, they're used in public schools, in churches, in community centers, so that leaders can engage with kids and teenagers. Oh, does it have like um like little videos and like yeah. a podcast, maybe a podcast himself too? We do. Yes, we have. Actually, we're about to go have another installment of a family podcast that we're excited about creating. Yeah, it's called Mrs. Rory's Story Emporium, and. They've done a couple of those that engage kids in a story and then um, videos as well as music and a number of things. Yeah. I mean, I just introduced my son to a couple of um, story podcasts in the car and 
it's better than watching the YouTube videos on my phone a hundred times. And it's so much you can listen to him and how he engage with it. And and he, all of a sudden you'll see him like, like I, he likes the adventures of Thin Caspian. Yes, yes. We hear, love, yeah. We him, love those. You can hear him in the back going, beep, boop, beep, boop. I'm like, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so yep. it's, it's so interesting to see how they interact with it. And, and, and the, the story is now involved and they get into, into them. Yeah, we've been big fans of Wow in the World ever since that came out. It's been a really fun one. And another group that's, I think, out of maybe New York called Story Pirates. I don't know if you've heard this one, but this is this is like kind of for your kids and also kind of for adults because the adults mostly just do the laughing. It's uh, a troupe of actors that take stories that kids have written in and then they embellish it and reenact it. And it's just hilarious. Yeah. I think it's the other one. There's another podcast called um, – it's about stories too, but it, it, Amanda Welding is the, the, the person that does it. And my son goes, Amanda Welding. And, and <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny how, they get, how much they interact and get involved. Yeah. It's another thing too. I, I was wondering, what is the phase project? What was that about? I know there's a bunch of phases from zero to, to high school. And I, That's right. And um, I was just curious. What is that all about? So because of what we do, and I've been working in a leadership position at this nonprofit for about 12 years, and we really, about five years ago, decided that we wanted to embark on this kind of research new venture, which was how do we take a lot of the why behind what we do and explain it so that we can help parents and leaders who are working with kids and teenagers on the front line. And so we started the phase project. It was our way of saying we want to learn everything that we can about child development and kids and teenagers as they're growing up in these formative years. And uh, before I came on staff at Orange, where I am now, I was a public school teacher. So I just have this place in my heart for public school teachers. And I just think they, they're the best human beings on the planet. Um, I mean, I'm completely biased in that department. I know that I am. My mom was a teacher. My grandparents were both teachers. I just love the education community. And so we started bringing in some of the best teachers we could find to do focus groups and say, hey, uh, for teachers who've been in the classroom, maybe they've been teaching second grade um, for 30, 35 years. Those were the kind of people we were after. We would bring them together and say, tell us some things that you've learned um, that help you connect with this age group? What are some things that you think are a common misconception about this age? What are uniquenesses that are going on here? Uh, we coupled that along with meetings with licensed professional counselors, with a lot of researchers. We went and read pretty much every book that we could find anywhere about how kids were changing mentally, physically, socially, emotionally, relationally, because we wanted to collect those things and distill it down into the most important pieces that every parent or every leader who engages with a kid really needs to know. Uh, because we wanted to redeem that phrase, just a phase. Uh, I know, you know, as a parent early on, you know, I learned very quickly, you have a young child, you go outside, you're walking around, and somebody will come up to you and they'll, you know, inevitably, it's when your toddler's laying on the floor throwing a tantrum, that somebody says, you know, don't worry, it's just a phase. And they mean, you know, grit your teeth, get through this moment, and it will get better on the other side. And what we wanted to say was, wait, 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 there's actually some opportunity in this phase that you don't want to miss because you only get to know your two-year-old once as a two-year-old mm -hmm. and then they're three. 
and you're never going to get to know them again as a two-year-old. And so there are distinctive opportunities that you can lean in and leverage in that phase to really create a foundation for their future if you know the things that really matter and if you're able to better prioritize kind of what you need to tune into at this time. I have an interesting question because I have a four-year-old and you have a two-year-old and you have a couple other kids, probably the same age range. Do we underestimate how understanding the kids understand what they understand? I think sometimes I feel like people, he's only four. I mean, yeah, but you gotta, you gotta listen because I think he really does understand what you're saying. Absolutely. That's one of the things that, um, without a doubt, in fact, there's actually some fascinating research out there about how adults, the longer an adult spends time with a child, the higher their perception will be of what that child is able to understand. In other words, as adults, we get busy, we stay in adult world, and we don't have to pause and engage with a child in our daily lives. And that's something we'll never actually have to do. It's easy to kind of skim the surface of the world of childhood and never actually pause and enter into it. And what research will show us is if you pause and you enter in, Every single time, your estimation of what that child is able to do and understand will increase, which kind of suggests they do understand more than we give them credit for. We're just too busy to take notice most of the time. And it's another thing. I, I had a couple other questions in my outline of uh, this interview, but I was reading over the, uh, your bio, and something really stood out to me. Abracing the weird, traditions and tribes. I just like the abracing the weird. What is, <laughs> what, what is that all about? I'm not even sure where that came from, but I am, uh, I don't know. That's probably true of me. I like the nuances of everybody's story. I think we're all wired uniquely in these fascinating ways. And I think one of the things we've been trying to do through the phase project is in one, on the one hand, oversimplify some of the most important things, which does kind of generalize and put people in categories, but that's really to create a baseline um, because on top of that, every single person has these just uniquely weird and fascinating moments. And so I think um, that's probably somewhere where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just saw that. And I'm like, ah, oh, that is something, a good question to ask. <laughs> um, one other thing too is um, I was thinking preschooler brain development. I, I, Cause I have a preschool and I, and I'm going to, um, you can elaborate a little more about that. I was reading about on your website and how does a preschooler brain develop? Did you, I don't know if you can elaborate on that. You know, I sometimes will get a little bit geeky with brain development just because it's so fascinating. It's fascinating to me that a baby is born with as many neurons in their brain as there are stars in the Milky Way galaxy, you know, that we just come pre-wired to learn and to learn at this tremendously fast rate. And if you really kind of dig into what's happening inside of a newborn's brain, the first three years of life, kids are learning at a pace that is faster, you know, wildly faster than ever any other time in life. And so um, kind of to your point about kids are smarter than we give them credit for, they are learning at this tremendous speed and in a completely different way than we're learning. Um, so brain research will suggest that babies in these early years are actually picking up all of the information that's going on in the room at the same time. So if you can imagine, there's like this barrage of information that's constantly coming at them, every sound, every smell, everything um, that they can pick up through their senses all at once and without differentiation. Um, whereas as we get a little bit older, we refine the way that we tune in 
the way that we focus, um, the way that we prioritize information. It allows us to think more smoothly and to recall information that we find most helpful to us, which is a great way to think as an adult, but it slows our our learning down a little bit because we are so focused, so prioritized. Um, Kids come hardwired just to learn really fast. And it's kind of, I go back to that movie. I I'll date myself pretty quickly with movies, but did you see Jerry Maguire years years ago? Yes. And that cute little kid who was like, the human head weighs eight pounds. <laughs> and the rest of us were going, you know, none of us remember that fact because it's not useful to us as adults. But it was, in my mind, one of the best pictures of the way that a kid is wired to learn because they get fascinated by these details, these kind of um, – unimportant things that the all all of it will be retained and then they're just telling you fact after fact I know my own kids my eight-year-old he'll say stuff and I'm thinking like how do you how do you even know that about you know whales like I'd, I can't even imagine why uh, you can remember all these pieces of information but it's literally the way that our brains are wired it's an interesting fact you point that out I mean when my son was born at the time me and his mom we're talking to them as we normally would normal talk to a regular person. We didn't want to do the whole Google Gaga baby talk. And yeah. we'd read to him all the time, at least five books. By the fifth book at night, I'm like ready to fall asleep myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yes. I noticed some of his friends, his friends compared his friends to his same age, his vocabulary was much higher. I don't know if that's just me seeing it or is that something that's normal? That is actually um, a great example of parenting. And uh, you'll see this again and again and again. We have a whole section in the FACE Project where we focus in on vocabulary development and the importance of words for that reason. And, um, goodness, I could say so many different things there. One, yes, the more that you read to a child, the more that you engage them with adult language in those early years, they will develop a larger vocabulary. Uh, there's a direct correlation there. You know, a lot of times um, that line between nature and nurture and what is genetically programmed in you and what is a part of your personality, what is actually from your nurtured parent, you know, nurtured into you from parents is a little blurry. Um, but vocabulary development is really not that blurry. You've already said a couple of things that I would point to to say, you know, you have your son listening to stories in the car um, as opposed to video. And you've also talked about reading. And those two things, as well as conversation where you can look your child in the eye and talk to them like an adult will directly impact their vocabulary development. Kids actually don't learn vocabulary from TV nearly as well. It's possible, but it's just not as uh, natural because our brains are wired to learn from people who respond to us. And so when someone answers you back in a conversation, it helps you learn the words that you're saying in a completely different way than when you're engaged with a television or um, a video mechanism where there's no responsiveness to the device. And so um, it's interesting as we become more technologically savvy in culture, there's so many learning education programs that are online and through technology, and they all have value, but that value is always going to be more limited than what could happen person-to-person, face-to-face. Is any of your online resources you can think of maybe be helpful for parents? Um, in terms of a learning program for their child? Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, through like LeapFrog has developed a lot of educational toys or there's Starfall as a website that does, um, I know, vocabulary, like language development and reading. 
I'm trying to think of some others, but but really nothing takes the place of what exactly what you're talking about, reading a book to your child while they're sitting in your lap, having a conversation face-to-face will give them the words that they need. Um, and that's actually one of the biggest things any parent in the preschool years can do for preschool readiness and to get their kid um, in great shape going into formal education. I find it interesting sometimes, me as a parent, I mean, um, my son's only like, Four, three feet tall, and I talk like, right down to him. If you go in the video, you can't say, look right at him. But sometimes when I do talk to him, I, I, I get down to his eye level and talk to him. And then uh, it, it seems to be able to connect. Because I think sometimes I look like the, there's a mantra is full. It's looking down, and I'm going, oh, <laughs> well, you change your pajamas now. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's, yes. a, that's a helpful thing for a, a parent to do, to get down and look him right in the eye. Absolutely. I mean, whenever you can, anytime that you can get down on their level and have eye to eye contact, it's going to, you know, it, they feel valued, they feel seen. And just like any other person, I think they need to have that kind of engagement with adults. It's just, it's funny because, you know, as being a parent yourself, you're trying to focus on, hey, we're going to get ready for bed or we're getting ready for dinner. And they're on their off their own world. It's like, look at daddy, there's a toy. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Their attention spans yes. are like that much. And yeah. I'm trying to put him in the car seat this morning. And he's like, look at this toy. I'm like, just get your arms in the car seat, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. My, yeah, my son can be the king of the dawdling, you know, and it's like, go to your room and get your pajamas on and your teeth brushed. Ten minutes later, I walk by. I'm like, why are you just staring into space doing nothing? He's like, oh, I didn't know. Am I supposed to brush my teeth? Yes, that's what I said 10 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering, um, another thing, too, I guess we could transition is, what is the resources and um, things you offer on in your website, just, justtheface.com? Um, so the FACE project has a number of different resources. Uh, we have some timelines that we've given away that help parents have conversations about critical issues um, throughout the phases, whether that's uh, how to raise a kid with sexual integrity, how to raise them to have technological responsibility. Um, So we hit at some critical issues and some conversations they can be having. Um, We've just released some guides that will help a parent walk through the phases of life with their kid. And the guides were a simple way of taking the development of uh, childhood every year from birth through 18 and saying, you know, here's a few things that you need to know about the way that your kid is changing now. And here's some practical, practical things you can implement in your kid's life this year. Uh, we actually wrote 18 separate guides, so it could be really condensed, really small, and put in the hands of a parent so that they can, it's like a cheat sheet. You know, you can go there and go, okay, like, what are some games I could play with my kid right now? Okay, there's a there's a list, like a bullet point list of things that might help you have fun together. Or what are books that we could read together? We've assembled some of the best books um, from librarians and educators and had a number of people looking over it to go, here's great books to read at this phase. Uh, Other things that are in there are work that your kid can do at this phase. There's a list that says, you know, these are some things that your kid can actually do on their own right now. And so you might try to encourage them to do that so they can find significance in their life. Uh, So it's just really practical stuff that's simplified down to specifically what you need to think about as you parent through this particular year that you're in right now. An interesting question about work, like work. What is a a good age to start kids in chores? That's that's great. (laughs) 
<laughs> so we actually have a work list our, all the way to when a kid is born. Um, and that might sound silly. I know even for some of our team, they would look at me sometimes and say, you know, Kristen, do you really, really think that we should do this for babies? Like, what does work look like for a three-month-old? You know, are you kidding me? And I think that we just have to shift our perspective sometimes to say, you know, when you put your baby on their tummy to do tummy time and you're encouraging them to lift their head up, you know, that that's strength training and that's hard work for a baby. And um, when you see that as something that they're doing, you, you value the fact that they're working and they're achieving something and they're striving. And it's this idea that our kids really do need enough challenge in their life so that they can develop grit and develop perseverance and striving and those kinds of those muscles begin even from birth you know as they learn to walk and crawl and then stand and scoot and and take their first steps so some of those lists start you know, it's, it's pretty basic. It's stuff you're already thinking about. And then as they get older to begin to say, okay, now you can actually pick up these toys and put them in the basket. You could do that when you're, you know, a toddler, you can just say, Hey, take this one thing and go put it in that one basket and be giving, beginning to lean into, um, just a child's natural desire to want to accomplish something, do something on their own, have validity in an adult world, uh, allows you to begin those skills very, very young. And so we have work lists that go all the way up through 18, um, including you know, when they're able to work with power tools and a number of other things. But it's just a way to say, hey, think about how you're giving your kids significance and ownership and developing grit at every season of life. Listen, I have a funny story that the other day I had my son you can get dressed, uh, get dressed on your own. I walk away five minutes later. His pants are on backwards. Both shoes <laughs> are on the wrong feet. The shirt's on right. But I'm like, I said, you did a great job. I didn't tell him, but I'm thinking about, eh, I won't say anything. <laughs> you did a yeah. great job. We'll just fix it. Yes. I had a wrestling match with my two-year-old, actually. It was earlier this week. We went out for family pictures, and which is always a disaster, right? You're, you're trying to not overemphasize getting the right picture, but you also want to get a picture, you know, at the same time. And I put a headband on her and she wanted to put it on herself and she kept trying to put it back on herself and it was upside down and backwards. And I'm like, that's great and adorable, but I need you to take a picture right now. You know, so it's like this constant tension of, uh, I want you to do it yourself, but in this moment, just let me fix it. <laughs> they're, they're fun. It's fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, I had to mention one more story about the time my son, I come to school, he changes, put his shorts on. He put his shorts on backwards. So, <laughs> so, the, so the pocket was right there. So we can put his rocks in because he was like, oh, yes. I'm about collecting rocks. I'm like, yeah, your shorts are on backwards. <laughs> but dad, look at the rocks I have. <laughs> so it's, That's right. they, yeah. they make a great effort, but sometimes you just got to go, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, guess, I guess wrapping up final thoughts, anything you want advice, parting advice you want to give the parents? Um, you know, I think one of the things that we have to learn to do as parents is for one, just to give ourselves grace and say, Hey, we're going to mess this up. We're going to have some moments that if we're honest, we're like, I'm just glad nobody saw that. Like I just, you know, I botched it. Um, and we have to be really good at giving ourselves grace to say, you know what, I'm going to try again tomorrow because this is one of the hardest jobs, it's grueling. You don't have time off. There's never a season when you go, you know what? I'm not my best self today. I think I'm just going to not go into parenting work. Like 
you're always on. And so sometimes your kids don't get the best of you. Um, but the most important thing we can do is say, I can begin again. I can try again. I can start over. I can always do something now, um, that will be positive. And so, um, I think that's one of the most important things, um, that I find in this work as we were in the phase project, there's a tendency for child development and parenting resources to be, uh, to lean into the shaming parents. And I think we already have enough, uh, <laughs> enough shame in this work. Uh, it's easy to shame each other and to shame ourselves, but just to say, Hey, we can let that go. And today's a new day and we should try again. If anybody really want to connect, where they can reach out to you um, and want to connect and ask questions? So they can, uh, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, Kristen underscore Ivy, and they can go to my website at kristenivy.com. And I think we actually have also some resources for any of your listeners that we put together at phaseguides.com with a forward slash to sideline dad. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate all the links in the show notes uh, being the show notes uh, for this episode. And Kristen, I really do appreciate uh, being on the podcast. And I really, it was a great time. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's all I have this episode. I want to say thank you for joining me on the No City on the Sideline Dad podcast. And I also want to get, thank Christine Ivy for being a guest on the podcast. Head over to find out more about Christine. Check out justaphase.com. Also, you can find all the links we're talking about in the show notes at nocityonthesideline.com slash four zero. Please comment on the podcast. All comments help improve the podcast. Also, if you want to find out more about me, my contact information at nocityonthesideline.com slash contact. If you have a second, um, head over there to sign up for the newsletter. Well, I also want to wish you and your family a happy and prosperous 2018. Well, thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast this year, and I really do appreciate it. Also, until thank you for your time. Until next time, have fun. Get involved with your children. Give them a hug. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the different phases of their lives because, man, it goes by quick. Give them a hug. Tell them how much you love them. God bless. Take care. See ya. you for listening to the podcast please subscribe to the newsletter to receive updates of the show and helpful and useful tips this has been a production of foley 42 media